The CNBC app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. Good morning and pretty welcome to the program. This is Sportbox. The headline, stimulus hopes fuel a rebound on Wall Street with the major U.S. averages surging more than 5%. But the rally is short-lived as U.S. futures fall and most Asian markets trade lower. The Trump administration puts forward a $1 trillion stimulus package to fight the impact of the virus, proposing both tax breaks and sending money to Americans over the next two weeks. Americans need cash now, and the president wants to get cash now. And I mean now, in the next two weeks. The UK government is unveiling a £350 billion rescue package to support struggling businesses. But Chancellor of the Exchequer Rishi Sunak says this figure could well grow. Demand is greater than the initial £330 billion I'm making available today. I will go further and provide as much capacity as required. I said whatever it takes, and I meant it. Plus, the European Union closing its borders to the outside world in one of the most drastic measures yet to confront the coronavirus, with the lockdown set to last at least 30 days. HSBC makes it official. Europe's largest bank names Noel Quinn as its permanent chief executive, ending a seven-month search amid a massive restructure. So, very good morning, Karen. Very good morning, Steve. And a very good morning to you. And thank you very much for joining us this hour. It's the trillion-dollar gamble. The Trump administration is seeking a stimulus package worth as much as a trillion dollars as it looks to ease fears over the economic impact of the coronavirus. A White House source has told CNBC the plan includes billions of dollars in direct payments and tax cuts, as well as small business assistance and relief for hard-hit industries like the airline sector. Officials are also considering sending checks to Americans, with the Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin saying the emergency funds could be delivered, quote, in the next two weeks. Now, President Trump says the measures will put the economy on course for long-term growth. My administration has taken decisive action to support American workers and businesses. We love our workers. We love those workers. They're incredible. And we're going to come out stronger than ever before, and it's not going to be so long. This will allow us to emerge from the strongest economy on Earth, uh, because we had literally the strongest economy on Earth, and now uh, this is in, as of last count, over 124 countries, I understand. 124 countries, unbelievable. But we'll emerge, I, I really believe we'll emerge stronger, because we'll be doing things differently than this country's done them in the past for many, many decades. President Trump there. So you know the pattern. The pattern's been familiar over the last few weeks here. Panic, 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 sell, bounce. Panic, 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 sell, bounce. And here we are. We've got the bounce. So we were up 
5.2%. We took back a thousand points here from the 12% downside that we saw on Monday. The S&P up 6% and the Nasdaq managing to eke out 6%. But why do I say panic, panic, bounce, panic, panic? Because when you look at the futures, which we will do in a minute, they would suggest at the moment that this may be a fleeting dead cat bounce. But we'll come back to that. And of course, we're a little away from the US Open here. So things may change if investors become persuaded by the amount of additional fiscal and monetary stimulus that's being pumped into these economies. What about the fixed income markets? Well, we had all that strange mispricing and odd behavior in the treasury markets uh, at the end of last week and early this week. We're starting to sink into a familiar pattern here. As you look at the 10-year note, the yield is uh, back above 1% here, which perhaps would suggest that maybe the market is getting more comfortable with the idea that there is not going to be a credit freeze. We may have come past the peak of lending, as some of the analyst community believe, but ultimately the actions that are being taken by the authorities mean that we might get some more rational pricing around sovereign and ultimately the treasury pricing will be more stable. Anyway, that's where we are on the 10-year note. A lot of this is all up for conjecture, of course, as always with uh, the, uh, the way the markets are behaving at the moment. But this is the tell, I think, on that, um, the, the stickiness of that bounce that we had in the United States overnight and in some of the Asian markets yesterday. It has dissipated again in the Asian session. Um, The markets continue to try to figure out, as I say, what the ultimate impact of all this stimulus is going to be here. But for the time being, as I think Asia now looks at Europe and the actions that are being taken to tighten up movements and quarantine individuals, perhaps uh, Asia is uh, finding that uncomfortable and we've ultimately got these markets back down in negative territory again. And just uh, just as a reminder, as I point this out to you, there is this relationship obviously with the US futures and the way that other markets around the world trade here and this uh, shows that uh, people are beginning to lose a little bit of faith in that bounce here and the uh, US futures at the moment are looking negative. It's certainly a huge departure from all the quite calm times of witness on markets. And it's the same story for foreign exchange. Dollar is king again. Uh, investors are eyeing some liquidity strains in markets and march back into US dollars. And you can see it on some of these trades in particular. Sterling, look at this level, 120.91 this morning. We're just holding that 120 market. If you think about the amount of times we've revisited this level, it's been primarily around Brexit in uh, recent years. But here we are on the back of coronavirus, right back around that 120 handle. It has been a swift decline from the 130 mark where we were at uh, 110 on euro dollar. We had seen some support in the past week or so that had lifted the euro to around the 111 mark. But this morning we have unwound on that trade as well. Dollyen, a true safe haven uh, that many have been looking for in times like this. 106.99 the level we're looking at uh, and dollar claiming some ground versus the yuan. The opening calls here in Europe. This is how we're setting up for trade after what was a very challenging session yesterday. From the outset, we raced higher. 
And then we gave back a lot of that territory. In fact, traded weaker morning session, only then to close higher. So these European markets taking heart from what they saw on Wall Street and all the stimulus packages that were proposed and some of them being announced. So the markets yesterday, about a pop of two and a quarter percent on the benchmark, a little bit higher on the FTSE, for instance, 2.8 percent. But this morning, look at the give back, particularly for Italian stocks. We're chasing a downbeat day, almost 900 or points expected to be stripped off that Italian stock market. That was also high yesterday. It was in tune with the rest of those European markets. 172 down for the French market so far, 373 for German stocks, uh, which is a fairly significant amount, and 214 on the UK stock market. So we do look weaker. Those US futures, let's take a look and see how they are perched. And this is not helping the picture. We've seen a lot of these days prior to today where you've got a thousand points off Dow futures early on. And that sets the scene for more selling on Wall Street, those jagged patterns that we have been witnessing lately. And there were some extraordinary stats, Jeff, about how long it took about three years to get to that 29,000 plus handle on the down and just two months to destroy all of that. Yes, what do they say? You take, you take the escalator up and the lift down right. when it comes to a bear market. Secretary Mnuchin has warned Republican senators that unemployment could reach 20% if Congress doesn't enact the trillion-dollar stimulus package that his administration is proposing. This, according to a CNBC source, the U.S. Treasury Secretary held closed-door meetings with senators to run through the proposals, but he made clear in the White House press conference that help needed to include sending money to individual Americans. Greg Williamson is with us, head of strategy at Pluribus Lab. Steve uh, is also going to join us for the conversation. And what a beautiful setting behind you, Steve, as uh, uh, the day starts to emerge here in London. But we'll come back to you in just a second. Let's uh, kick off with you, Greg, and good morning to you. What we've seen of late is obviously a whole round of uh, collateral-related selling high correlation in all asset classes, but we've also had a very big response from the authorities and President Trump seeking a trillion dollars here and wants to mail checks to Americans. When do the markets begin to normalize on the back of this stimulus? Uh, the markets began to normalize. And, and first, I should say good morning, Karen and Jeff. I hope you, your families and your audiences are all safe and healthy at this uh, critical time. The markets will begin to normalize when the coronavirus has passed through the system. Coronavirus is the focus right now, and there are four questions to ask. How many people are going to be infected? How long is the infection going to last? What is the economic impact going to be? And then what is the market impact going to be? Unfortunately, the coronavirus has no vaccine. It's twice as contagious as the flu, and it's going to affect many people very quickly unless policy actions are taken. In the United States, we're looking at 42 million people getting sick, 8 million people uh, going to the hospital, and 2-plus million people having to go into the intensive care units or ICU. The problem with that is the U.S. only has 925,000 hospital beds and 64,000 ICU beds. We can't handle that number of sick people very quickly. So the economy or the, the policymakers are asking Americans and other economies around the world or other countries around the world to sequester, to shelter at home, to self-quarantine, which will reduce the number of people that get sick at any one time so that the health system can actually manage those illnesses. But what it will do is extend the duration of the amount of time in which the virus is going to work through the system. We're not looking at the virus working through the system until midsummer at the earliest. 
Uh, Greg, I want to get to duration on, on what we're setting up for because we've seen some extraordinary measures. Debt's going up, deficits are going up. And you've got to wonder what this means long term because last financial crisis, when we saw similar moves, it took us 10 years to unwind some of these measures. Unemployment rates as well, that's been an area where many have now focused their attention, whether we start to reverse the, the continual decline we've seen in that unemployment rate. What's your sense about the lingering impact that we could have from coronavirus, not just once it works its way through the system, but the economic impact now? Well, that's, that is the big unknown at this point, Karen. Um, the, the corona impact should work through the system, that is the illness, very quickly after the middle of the summer. The impact of the government's uh, financial uh, system support, supporting for those who are specifically impacted by the virus, and then the stimulus package you know, is unknown, but you should have a, quite a V-shaped recovery with that additional stimulus and financial support in addition to just general economic strength and pent-up demand after uh, the activity comes back through the market. Um, what uh, $1.2 trillion is obviously a lot of stimulus on top of the discount rate cut, the Fed target rate cut, the exchange stabilization fund, uh, and the bill in Congress currently, which uh, guarantees sick leave, bolsters food aid, uh, in the billions of dollars, uh, injects capital into state unemployment coffers, and then offers free COVID testing. You know, on top of that, the government is offering airline and travel direct reimbursement, uh, entertainment industry reimbursement, and restaurant reimbursement. And then you add the payroll tax cuts, um, the uh, the direct payments to individuals, um, uh, student debt relief and things like that, there will be quite a stimulus to the economy. In the short term, growth is going to fall. You know, the IMF has said that Chinese uh, GDP was going to be 2.5% in the first quarter. They're saying it's going to fall to minus 9%. And the second quarter is going to be flat to negative as well. In the U.S., expectations were for a 1% GDP growth in the first quarter. Those expectations are now zero. Right. And the question is, what's going to happen in the second quarter? Greg, I admire optimism about the V-shaped recovery, but I want to paint two scenarios. And I don't know if you can actually see where I am, but I'm going to explain to the viewers where exactly I am. I am overlooking Canary Wharf, the heart of one of the two financial centers in the UK. And the reason I'm here is not random. It's because I stood here on the 15th of September, 2008, looking at the administration, the chapter 11 of Lehman Brothers at 25 Bank Street, the European HQ behind me as well. Uh, my question for you is why do you think we're going to start a V-shaped recovery and again I'm not nuancing my question I just want to know the question the answer have a v-shaped recovery straight away we've on the back of all this stimulus like we saw after Lehman's eventually after Lehman's it took another six months of the markets to start rallying hard as well rather than the scenario we had from 1929 onwards where in 32 and 33 we continue to see precipitous declines in the stock market why do you think scenario a the rally off the lows rather than scenario B a, a multi-year period of real problems because we're not going to see destruction of uh, consumer demand. We're just seeing a delay of demand in this case, Steve. And I also was on Canary Wharf in 2008 working for British Petroleum at that time. And remember the slowdown in activity on the wharf dramatically. Uh, this is different than 2008. The financial system will remain strong, and no one is concerned about liquidity in the financial system. Businesses should recover as individuals come back into the consumption mode, and uh, manufacturing should recover as well. We're already seeing a recovery in China after only two months 
two and a half months of coronavirus impact. So we don't believe that there is going to be, and other economists don't believe that there's going to be a significant slowdown over the long term in the economy. But we are looking at a three to six month slowdown uh, with growth at the end of 2020 and in 2021 picking back up. Now, we will see earnings decline at at the S&P level uh, and in all of the major indices as well. You know, going into this, expectations were for S&P 500 earnings of about $173 a share this year. You know, they're expected to decline by at least 11 percent, which would take, given current market multiples, the market down to something around 2,800, which is higher than the current 2,500. But there's just a lot of uncertainty built into the market right now. As soon as that uncertainty clears and as soon as the deleveraging uh, impact slows down, then we'll see uh, market stabilization and hopefully growth after the coronavirus works through the economy. Yeah, Greg, let me pick. We're also going to see. Sorry, I just wanted to pick up on that point and just get a very brief answer, if I might, because I'm aware that we have to move on here. A lot of people are going to be stuck at home spending some time figuring out how they reshape their portfolios after this. As you say, it will work its way through. This too will pass, as uh, as the philosophers say. So ultimately, um, where then do you think about reallocating at this point? Which stocks or sectors have come through and illustrated their resilience and potential for growth? You know, what we've seen is a focus on concepts that drive the global economy going forward. And COVID has heightened the focus on those concepts. Things like teleworking now being tried on a large scale are going to become more prevalent. And the companies around teleworking are doing relatively better in this economy. Food and goods delivery, Uh, Drone and autonomous transportation should do well. Medical testing, obviously. Manufacturing will come back onto local shores, so manufacturing improvements will occur. Online education, which is being now tested on large scale throughout the globe, will be more readily adopted, and you'll see virtual reality technology uh, significantly improving and, and impacting online education. And then things like elderly living and, uh, and treatment and entertainment are all going to be positively impacted. Now, we've seen those uh, and strength in those areas year to date and for the last few years, but the COVID coronavirus impact is really strengthening investor focus on those. And so you see things like e-commerce, digital content, cybersecurity doing well relative to the rest of the market in this right. environment and should continue to do well Uh, after the COVID impact passes. Greg, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us today. Greg Williamson with us, Head of Strategy, Pluribus Labs. And I just make the point that you are seeing an acceleration by traditional industries into online, some that might have dabbled in that area, but now fully gone into it. You know, restaurants that were doing just a little bit of takeout, now that's their sole business. You've had other stores, you know, Tesco, of course, was mostly still concentrated around its in-store experience. Now, hey, delivery is other things. So I think that's been quite interesting where you've seen that distribution change for a lot of traditional businesses. Every crisis changes us, whether it's a financial one or whether it's a natural disaster. And I think this one falls into the bucket of natural disaster, which could potentially turn into a financial crisis. But ultimately, the measures that we are taking now, some of them may end up being a bit stickier than people expect. And if you can work from home and you don't have to be sat at an office in an expensive piece of real estate, why would a business not think about how it can reallocate its soldiers? Exactly. Uh, now let's-
let's uh, push on to the trading environment as uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin has suggested that financial market trading hours may need to be shortened in an effort to cushion the blow from the coronavirus outbreak. But he added that for now, the White House is committed to keeping markets open. We absolutely believe in keeping the markets open, okay? Americans need to know they have access to their money. Uh, after September 11th, the only reason why the markets were closed was because the technology was disrupted. I've been on the phone with the major banks, with the New York Stock Exchange. Everybody wants to keep it open. We may get to a point where we shorten the hours if that's something they need yeah. to do. Futures exchange CME Group criticised Mnuchin's comments, saying shorter hours make no sense. It added that financial markets are needed to maintain the resilience of the global economy. Uh, European exchanges have also vowed to stay open. The Federation of European Securities Exchanges said closing markets wouldn't help volatility and would only remove transparency of investor sentiment. That's as many countries implement temporary bans on short selling, including France, Italy, Spain and Belgium. There's now a 90% chance that the U.S. could enter a recession in 2020, according to Double Line Capital CEO Jeffrey Gunlach. The so-called bond king previously placed the odds at 80%. Gunlach has also said it was ludicrous to think the U.S. economy could weather the storm. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but please stay with us. The U.K. government has unveiled its virus rescue package, calling the intervention unimaginable just a few weeks ago. We'll be back in just a moment. We'll take you back to Steve and Canary Wharf and we'll analyse just how capable the British government currently looks in managing this crisis. If you enjoy Squawk Box Europe, check out the Brave Ones podcast. The series explores the rise of some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. Through exclusive interviews with family, friends and colleagues, the Brave Ones podcast features stories of determination, resilience and ingenuity. Available on Apple Podcast, Spotify and Google Play. The Brave Ones podcast presented by Credit Suisse. Welcome back to Scorebox Europe. So the British part of the multi-trillion dollar package, yes, they came from the UK Chancellor Rishi Sunak. It was a whatever-it-takes statement from the new Chancellor of Exchequer. Only one week after, you've got to remember, one week ago, I was at the Bank of England to look at the monetary stimulus uh, and then back at Westminster to look at what was then a huge £30 billion stimulus for the UK economy. Well, that figure has paled into insignificance at one week on with the UK Chancellor promising a package of £350 billion for British business and British families. Let's listen in to what Rishi Sunak had to say. I can announce today an unprecedented package of government-backed and guaranteed loans to support business to get through this. Today I am making available an initial £330 billion of guarantees, equivalent to 15% of our GDP. That means any business who needs access to cash to pay their rent, their salaries, suppliers, or purchase stock will be able to access a government-backed loan or credit on attractive terms. And if demand is greater than the initial £330 billion I'm making available today, I will go further and provide as much capacity 
as required. I said whatever it takes, and I meant it. I've already on Capital Connection and Squawk Box this morning started drawing the comparisons between what happened from the 15th of September 2008 at Canary Wharf with the Lehman Brothers collapse and beyond and where the package went then compared with now. Back in 2008, it was very clear the stimulus went to the economy via the banks to shore up the problems we saw in the banking sector. This time around, it is very clear that the UK Chancellor and his Prime Minister Boris Johnson is looking at getting the money straight to business, straight to more small and medium-sized businesses, direct cash support to the tune of £20 billion, small and medium-sized enterprises, a big expansion of the interruption of loan scheme uh, will underwrite the risk of bank loans to SMEs, business rates, holidays for retail, hospitality, the leisure business as well, uh, and indeed, of course, for the, the travel sector, which was so precipitously declining as we speak, and also big business loans, uh, a form of big business QE, where they can access funds by issuing commercial paper, which will then be backed by the Bank of England uh, and grants for the 700,000 smallest companies getting £10,000 grants, uh, 25,000 or more for the leisure and hospitality industry. And why does this need to happen? Well, let me just tell you some of the events of yesterday. One, we saw Carphone shutting 531 mobile stores. Laura Ashley going into administration, threading 155 stores as well. And then at the same time, we saw the incredible rationing, which will now be taking place on certain products from the major supermarkets. Yes, I, I think a lot of the language from the likes of Macron and from Johnson is talking about a war against this virus as well. It is one that the UK Chancellor and the Prime Minister yesterday uh, said they will do whatever it takes to defeat. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market-moving news, you can head to cnbc.com. Or join us again on the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Show Weekdays on CNBC.